Are you listening to this on iTunes? Maybe you're listening to this on Overcasts or Pocket Casts. Really, at the end of the day, the thing that matters is are you learning? Are you growing? You know, can you, are you waiting to get your hands on the next episode? Are you constantly re-listening to older episodes because you're just getting so much out of them? These are probably signs that you enjoy what we're trying to do here with High Resolution. It would mean the world to us if you took a second to just leave us a rating and a review or a recommend if that's what your podcasting app does. Recommend the episode so other people around you can learn from these stories as well. You know, people are telling us, they're reaching out to us online and they're telling us that they're doing lunch and learns at their jobs now with engineers and product people, even marketing people uh, around the stuff that our guests are talking about. A couple of universities have reached out to us and they've told us about the class assignments that they're putting together um, around these episodes, around the substance that they're getting. That's what this is about at the end of the day. We're doing this so that we can talk about design in an entirely new way, so that we can learn together. So by you sharing this, by you bringing this into your jobs, by you tweeting about this and Facebooking about it, you're going to help contribute to the conversation. You're going to get more people to start thinking about design in a new light. That is going to feel really good. So please, please consider leaving us a rating and a review. Um, let's not waste any more time. Let's get to this preview. So I, I might argue that you, you probably had the most massive impact of your career at Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, I really want to go back into that first conversation you had with Zuck. Mm-hmm. Um, there was obviously a moment in time where Facebook decided to invest in design heavily. Mm-hmm. And you were there. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that conversation. What were you guys talking about? What did he see that most other people in the industry just weren't seeing? Sure. I should add that the reason I got the call to Facebook was from one of the business people at eBay that had remembered that I was always somebody that That's like amazing. built good relationships. It's a very good lesson. That's a lesson. There we go. There <laughs> we go. Yeah. Don't burn any bridges. <laughs> right. Like let and she runs people at at Facebook. Lori Goler. Like she's been an amazing mentor and supporter of like cool. my entire career. Um, so the very first conversation, so I was at LinkedIn. I'd only been there for nine months, and I was happily there. I like staying at a place for a long time. I like those relationships. I like knowing the business. Um, and I kept referring people in to Facebook, and they're like, no, no, no. They all want to be creative directors. We want somebody. Mark wants somebody that wants to come and build, like, the best design team in the world. And I was like, okay, that sounds kind of interesting. So afternoon, it took months, afternoon by afternoon, I would just go over and kind of speak to one person at a time. And I didn't want to speak to Mark until I knew that I was serious. I didn't want to waste his time. And uh, I went over there one evening and we sat and we talked. And the thing that Mark brought to that was the same thing. It's the same values he brings to everything. You know, you see his posts now. He's an avid learner. I mean, he has such Mm -hmm. an open mind. And when he wants to know something about, you know, a subject... He is not afraid to ask questions. So a lot of it was him just asking me questions and me asking questions back. I remember saying, uh, how user-centered would you say Facebook is? And he's like, what does it mean to be user-centered? Yeah. You know, he's like, like, how great to just like ask that question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he was just very open with me that he just he wanted a team uh, that would help scale. I mean, he was very focused on scale. Mm-hmm. And what that meant for design was scaling the site which meant um, a relentless kind of focus on consistency and components, things that we could replicate really quickly. Um, He saw the benefit of that internally, but he also saw it for users. He was like, if they learn how to use Facebook, they understand the news feed, then they can understand how to use photos and understand how to use very 
smart and ahead of his time and thinking. Were, were you guys like thinking about research as well? Were you thinking about there user experience? There was already experience? a research team. So, so the good thing, I mean, there was already an established team when I got there. There were about 22 people that yeah. spanned uh, communication or marketing design, yeah. um, product design, uh, research, and then there was a small kind of front end team that was budding. Um, but the very first assignment that Mark gave me when I got there is he said he wanted us to have design principles. And the cool thing about that was why he asked. He said, I want you to be able to come in and bring design to the table, and I want us to have a common language on how we can evaluate it, because I yes. don't want to just tell you I like something or yes. I don't like something. I was like, oh, my God, that this is, is amazing. By the way, like that is that's massive force out of his part to understand. Amazing, that's like, right? I mean, like to have cool. somebody yeah. say that to you yeah. Uh, when... Yeah. That's when you knew you were at the right place. Yes. No, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And yeah. did this become like a shared language between you, Zuck, and engineering? Like uh, the other departments? Mostly design okay. and, and Mark and, and the other PMs. I mean, yeah. like we had other really great leaders at the company, too. It's interesting. I'd, I'd love to talk to other teams and find out, like, design, do design principles actually get used? Yeah. Yeah. I have to say I don't know how often they got used, okay. but the process of writing them and debating them was probably more valuable yeah. than insightful. anything yeah. that actually followed on from there. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know how many people know this, but Chamat Palihapitiya mm-hmm. is, like, yeah. well-known yeah. to have put this growth team together, yeah. and it, it, apparently the first ever growth team, the way it was done at Facebook yeah. anyway, um, how the entire point of the grow team obviously was to grow as quickly as possible. I mean, that, in bare bones language, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. How did design, because you, you were there when that team was put together, how did you engineer the design team for him mm-hmm. and the, the effort that he was putting together on the growth team? Yeah. So the team, the growth team had probably been in place, I don't know, for almost a year or something before I got there. Um, and they already had a designer working with it. Um, you know, I'm no, we've, we're no stranger to metrics and design. I mean, as far back as we've been doing design within business, there's always like measurable outcomes and optimizing and things like that. But to your point, um, we had massive goals. Every group at Facebook had massive goals. At the time, I think we were trying to get to 100 million users on Facebook monthly. MySpace was still bigger than us, if that puts some context in. Um, and the growth designers, again... What was interesting, from my perspective, people didn't want to design for the growth team because they thought that the numbers were just going to dictate what they had to do. Mm. But what Chamath encouraged the team to do, and this was the first time I I'd thought about things this way, was to really swing wide with experiments. So as designers, we're frightened to experiment with anything we're not comfortable shipping. Like, well, I would never ship that. I'm not going to give that to them. But on that team, they would test extremes to kind of see what the tolerance of the users or the business was, which I thought was really interesting. So swing wide, launch these wildly different things at the end of the spectrum, and then you will end up finding the limits. Because if you just start in the middle and you go pixel by pixel out, you'll actually never know how far you can push things. Mm. And the designers that worked with his team were probably better versed in the business. They were faster they could hang in a big group discussion like better than many other designers could. And, um, and there was also like an amazing camaraderie on, on his team, too. Mm-hmm. And by the way, they got recognized a lot at the company, sure. which is yeah. kind of fun. So, you know, so many other companies have these growth teams. And again, I still see designers kind of stay away from that function. But man, I think if you're a new designer, what a great place to start and learn the business. Like, Can you agree more? Yeah. So 
yeah, great team, learned a lot of lessons. They're still, uh, they're still working hard. A lot of the same people are still there that you know I admire to this day. And they've got a pretty large design team, by the way. That's great. <laughs> I think that's how uh, Luke Woods came in. Uh, he started to lead the growth team. It was the first time that we had like a real design leader in growth. So while you're at Facebook, um, you helped scale the design team from yeah. about 20 people to 200. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it seems like you guys had a relentless focus on your like designing your design process yeah. or like recruiting process, yeah. right? So what did yeah. that look like? Um, so as I mentioned, everyone at Facebook had really big goals. It's one thing if somebody tells you you have to hire like five designers or five people this okay. year. You think, okay, well, we can like make a few tweaks and we'll probably end up with five. But when he says you have to hire uh, like 25 or 30, which was in my mind insane, it makes you, you know, at Facebook we talk a lot about hacking things. It makes you think, how are we going to hack this process? Like there's got to be a shortcut. There's got to be something we can do. Uh, So the very first thing we did, we we pulled recruiting in. And uh, just like you would draw a business funnel, we drew a funnel on the board. Top of funnel, how many people. we, We had numbers for every single stage in the funnel. So... The year before I got there, 12 months, they'd hired one designer. So we knew at the bottom of the funnel there was only one. <laughs> so how many people had applied or had we sourced? How many people went to phone screen? After phone screen, how many people came on site? Or did, I think at the time we still had a design exercise. How many did the exercise? How many people got through to offer? And then how many people accepted? And we started, we literally, I mean, it took us years to get through all of this. But we, we dissected every piece of the funnel. Like phone screens, okay, what's the script? Is that everybody getting the same standard questions? Why is one person saying yes and everyone else is saying no? Mm-hmm. Um, on-site interviews were wildly like varying. You know, Sometimes people got a tour at the beginning. Sometimes people didn't get a lunch. Sometimes Mark would pop in and say hello. I mean, the company was still small at the time. And you have to remember, uh, we were smaller than MySpace. I got turned down a lot. We had a lot of offers that were rejected. I used Mark a lot. I used Cheryl a lot. I used a lot of people to to help get people through. But we did. We designed the entire candidate experience top to bottom. Thanks to Squarespace for their support. Whether you need a domain, a website, or an online store, make your next move with Squarespace. Visit squarespace.com and enter the code high resolution, one word, for 10% off your first purchase.